Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello and welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair. On this episode of Vitality Radio, I welcome back Nikki Wolf. She is going to talk with me about the three pillars of blood sugar management. We're going to talk about the critical nature of movement and what movement actually looks like. It might not be quite what you think. Uh, We're going to talk about diet and we're going to talk about supplementation and how those three things work together to prevent uh, cardiovascular disease, uh, specifically uh, blood sugar issues, uh, diabetes, and that sort of thing, but also how incredibly useful they are for people who are already struggling with insulin sensitivity issues, uh, with um, diabetes or prediabetes. These three pillars are super crucial. And I believe that we broke them down in a way that is super easy to digest and utilize in your own life. I'm really excited to get your feedback on this episode with Nikki Wolf. All right. So it is time to introduce my guest on Vitality Radio. She has been on a couple times before, and I've even been on her podcast, which is now known as the For Life Podcast. We'll link to that uh, in the show description because I'm actually I'll be on her show uh, talking about uh, a couple of things here in the next few months as well. We like to kind of trade off. She's got a great uh, show and a great audience, and uh, she has lots of great information. So far, the episodes that she has done with us have been, uh, with me, have been really, really well received by you, uh, the listener. And so I'm excited to bring back to the show, Nikki Wolf. Nikki, welcome back to Vitality Radio. Thanks. So happy to be here. I feel like the last time we've connected was when there was still a belly on me and baby was still inside. And now so much has changed. Yeah, you've got your baby and I've got my two grandbabies that came since then as well. So there's been all kinds of new life coming into the world between the two of us. Fun times. Absolutely. New season and so much fun. Grandbabies, I've heard that that is just like the best chapter of life. Ah. It's incredible. Nobody, it's it's the same thing as I felt as a father for the first time. Nothing can compare to that. It is its own unique, amazing, beautiful thing. And grandfatherhood, <laughs> nothing Ooh. compares to it. It's its own amazing, unique, beautiful thing. I just am having so much fun with it. So, uh, and, and it's been fun exchanging baby pictures with you over the last few months as well. So. Oh, totally. Yeah. So cool. So today, of course, uh, we're going to talk about blood sugar, but you've, you've actually had a couple of changes. You, uh, I don't even remember what your old title was with Life Seasons, but what were you previously known as? Yeah, you know, I've jumped around a little bit. So I was our sales rep in the Los Angeles territory for about seven years. So I did sales. Um, I really focused on education and then I became our director of education and social wellness. So I did that for about a year and a half, two years. And now things have pivoted and I couldn't be more grateful for where I'm at. So I'm actually director of marketing communications. So a little bit of communications, PR, 
we have a lot of fun things coming out. So kind of pulling the voice of our CEO and founder out and bringing it to the rest of the world and really just talking about life seasons, the products we created it, why we created it, and you know the mission and values behind our company. So PR, communications, marketing, a little bit of all of that. Awesome. And of course, you know, as someone who you and I share a similar passion for, uh, you know, natural living, supplementation, how supplements fit into, you know, what we're doing in our life. And of course, Life Seasons, I've expressed this many times on the show, one of my very favorite brands with what I think are some of the best, uh, the most well thought out formulas on the market. But this topic that we're going to tackle today is an interesting one. You know, last time you were on, we were doing women's health. Uh, Prior to that, it was men's health. I think I have that in the right order. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've had lots of people that have, uh, again, been super responsive to those discussions. But we've, on those ones, we've only had, you know, a short period of time to talk about, you know, specific areas within that category. Today, we have the whole show to talk about blood sugar. And I think that's important because while we're really not going to talk that much about supplements, uh, we are going to talk about the other big pillars of healthy blood sugar, uh, the ones that come to mind right now. And you certainly can interject anything you'd like are, of course, diet. We always have to consider what we're eating when it comes to our blood sugar, which is a huge, huge factor. But maybe nearly as important or as important may just be simply movement and what movement actually means. You know, I've shared on my show before, Nikki, some of the research that's been done on just what 20 minutes of walking, just a a simple walk after dinner can do for your blood sugar. It's dramatic. Uh, And we are in a, a space in this country, in particular in America, where diabetes, type 2 diabetes is at an all-time high. It's at epidemic levels. Um, obesity is, uh, you know, kind of through the roof compared to what it's ever been before as well. And of course, those two things go hand in hand. The number one killer in America is still heart disease and blood sugar plays a massive role in cardiovascular health. So we really do need to tackle this issue in a way that, um, isn't happening yet, I guess. And so what I hope to to disseminate to our listeners today are some really simple uh, take home and start doing right now uh, practices that can really help to assist in balancing that blood sugar and protecting our cardiovascular health uh, as a part of that. So much to unpack there. I have become passionate about blood sugar over these past few months for a variety of reasons. But one thing I want to throw out to your listeners first is like some of the facts. So 463 million adults worldwide have diabetes and 90 or type two diabetes. So that's more caused by diet and lifestyle make up 90 to 95% of all cases, which means we have in our own control, the ability to avoid getting these complications. And like you said, diabetes and blood sugar are so like linked with um, heart disease and cardiovascular health. And so I believe it's your risk of developing cardiovascular health or cardiovascular disease doubles if you have diabetes. So it is so important for all of us to be aware of our blood sugar. And there's devices out there now, CGM, which I'm sure we'll kind of dive into, they're continuous glucose monitors. So whether you're overweight, obese, or you know you're diabetic or not, 
we can start learning what's going on in our bodies with simple, like handy devices that attach to you. Eating a banana, what it does to your blood sugar and understanding your glucose is more than just avoiding diabetes. It determines your mood, your you, if you're irritable, if you're hungry, if you're all these different things. It's not just, do I get diabetes or not? Glucose is responsible and insulin is responsible for so many different things in the health spectrum. And so understanding, modulating, regulating your blood sugar levels, and specifically not even, and maybe we even dive into this, it's not just about, okay, well, let's give our body more insulin to lower our blood sugar. It's we want to stabilize our glucose curve because when our glucose goes up, everything else starts to happen, more inflammation in the body. You know, you're more at risk for um, different chronic illnesses. And so what can we do? Diet, lifestyle, supplementation to modulate and balance those glucose curves. And diet is monumental but movement is something that we can all do for, for the most part, part. And, you know, I know a lot of people in my life, very close that we were talking earlier, exercise is almost a trigger word. The gym is almost a trigger word. You say it, they run far away. Well, actually that would be handy if they're running, (laughs) if they're running away. But you know, there's even things like just cleaning a little bit more vigorously or sitting less. So it doesn't always have to be you know, a boot camp or a spin class. It's just moving your body just a little bit more can make such a profound impact. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, before we started recording, we talked about uh, a couple of things that we're doing specifically, uh, you know, on our own to uh, achieve some of these benefits. And I mentioned that, uh, and, and for those of you who see my reels on Instagram and who have been asking me to get this show up on YouTube, that's happening very, very soon. I'm setting up my new studio right now at the back of, of my shop, Vitality Nutrition. And the first thing I did is, is get a standing desk as opposed to a sitting desk. I sit way more than I probably should, certainly more than is good for me, because I spend a lot of time recording this show, uh, scheduling things for this show, researching for this show, uh, you know, placing orders for the store, all these different things, most in a sitting position. I have a standing desk at home, uh, but I never thought to use it as part of my podcasting until I was talking to my buddy Robert Scott Bell on this podcast. I interviewed him and he was at a standing desk doing the interview. And I thought, why am I not doing this? That's like a really, really simple thing that is uh, an automatic way to increase my fitness decrease the sedentary nature of my life and improve my cardiovascular wellness. And uh, then you, of course, Nikki, always wanting to one-up me said, hey, what you ought to do is put a little treadmill under there. (laughs) And so now I'm thinking about that. And they're not even that expensive. So right now, when I usually, I'm kind of the opposite. When I record, I sit down just because, you know, I want to be fully here. But the nice thing is recording, you usually are in the moment. So you're forgetting that you're standing up. So whatever right. works best for you, but I'm at a stand-up desk. I got mine from Ikea. Wasn't that expensive. It's remote control, but you can even like find the ones that crank. And then Amazon, and maybe I'll send the link, you could put it in the show notes of the treadmill desk. It wasn't that expensive, but it is so valuable. And sometimes, you know, even if I'm not working, if I wanted to watch TV or, you know, cause I have two monitors up here, 
I just might walk slowly. I think, um, like you said, there's a lot of studies and research, research that shows after you eat, even moving for 10 minutes, just using the muscles can help lower that glucose curve and modulate it. You know, and if you want to one up a little bit more, if it, again, if that trigger word of exercise, workout, the gym is a trigger word, find these different opportunities to increase movement. They say sitting is the new smoking. Um, I wear like a five pound, I have a variety of different levels, but I have like a five and a seven pound weighted vest. It looks much more casual. It doesn't look, I used to have one of those that looks like you're in the FBI, but I would wear this sometimes if I knew I wouldn't get a workout in and I would be standing at my desk. Even just, you know, upping it just a little bit or when you're vacuuming, just adding just a little bit more. If you're not that workout type, just increasing our movement is going to make such a difference, especially after you eat. If you can move your body, whether that's a nighttime walk with your loved one, whether that's just cleaning the house a little bit more vigorously, whatever that looks like, it's going to make a big improvement on your blood sugar levels. Yeah, and and I love all that, and and I completely agree. And something else that I'm doing from a, a personal standpoint this year, um, I started this little bullet journal thing. My my 14 year old daughter uh, was showing me her bullet journal. I'd never heard of a bullet journal. Do you know what one is? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're I'm familiar. Not a, I'm not a journaler at all, but okay. I I mean I think it transforms people's lives. So you got to find what works for you. Yeah, for sure. So I've never been one who was much of a journaler either. Um, the closest I've done to consistent journaling is I do keep a little gratitude journal most of the time and spend a few minutes in that each night. But uh, this is a little different because one of the challenges that I've faced in the 51 years that I've been here is organization. Uh, one of the big words that I'm using for this year to try and uh, get myself where I really want to be uh, with some of my goals is to get more organized. So I thought, you know what, this is kind of cool. In fact, I asked my daughter to give me a bullet journal for Christmas because she didn't know what to get me. And she said, well, that's boring. And I said, no, it's not. It's cool. I love your bullet journal. And I'll show you mine and you show me yours and we'll learn from each other and that. And so anyway, so that's what we're kind of doing. But as part of that, depending, there's a hundred ways to do this, but I just have a single letter. I have seven of them at the top of my of each page of my journal uh, that signifies something. So the first one is M, and that stands for my, my morning, what I call my morning groove that I do every morning to kind of get myself ready for the day. And then I have an E, a few uh, down towards the bottom, which is my evening routine, uh, which includes my, my gratitudes. And I what I did is I, I chose an F for fitness, as opposed to an E for exercise. And so I have an F in there and anything that I would consider above and beyond my normal day counts for some level of fitness. So here in Utah, we just got dumped on for the last three weeks, snowstorm after snowstorm after snowstorm. I have shoveled and shoveled and shoveled some more. And every time I shovel, that counts as a a fitness. And so I, you know, check that box. So there's a lot of different ways that you can do this that don't require a gym membership, that don't require a personal trainer. I do think exercise and fitness as a whole, um, you know, you mentioned the word trigger. I think that's probably a thing in some lives. I would say maybe overwhelm is what I mm-hmm. see a lot with it. It's like, okay, I got to get on a program. I got to, you know, everything's got to be this way and I've got a meal prep and I got to do this and this. But Overwhelm will stop you from just about achieving any goal you ever want to achieve. So these baby steps, which literally can be stepping on a little treadmill underneath your standing desk as your baby steps, can be a really big thing. 
Something else that I've learned, and thankfully, my sweetheart Jen is an avid hiker. She loves being out in nature. I love being out in nature. I don't prioritize it like she does. She prioritizes it. And the other day, uh, we walked behind uh, this uh, in this new neighborhood, this new house that we're moving into um, uh, when we're married. And it's this this trail that goes up kind of into the into the hillside and we didn't know where it went and she said you know and I just want to walk let's just go where mm-hmm. we go and we walked and I we really she she said and I will call her out on this like 15 minutes we'll just walk I know we got a lot of stuff to do today and I was like okay that's fine let's go for 15 minutes an hour and a half later we'd gone on a hike <laughs> yeah, yeah and we had seen awesome things some beautiful things we'd we'd made uh it's it's hard to describe because all of it was probably more significant to us than it was to anybody else. But half of that time, it was just connection. It was holding hands. It was looking at nature. It was commenting on how beautiful things were. And I can promise you that not only did we uh, increase our fitness level, that we, uh, you know, decreased and balanced out our blood glucose levels by doing that, but we also decreased our cortisol levels by connecting with nature, connecting with each other. Um, It was really, really wonderful. Uh, and just getting out and walking, when you think about walking after meals, which I tell people to do all the time, um, you probably think of it as another task, but maybe reframe that as walk with someone you love after meals and look at it as an opportunity, like a mini date uh, that you can go on and just comment on the beautiful things that you see in nature. Uh, we played a game last spring where we just found every rose bush that we could in the neighborhood. And we smelled every rose, not every rose on every bush, but a rose from every rose bush that we saw last spring. And it was it's one of my favorite memories I've ever made with her is just Aww. walking and literally taking time to smell the flowers. It sounds like she's bringing a lot of uh, youthfulness to your life, which is so cool to hear. Well, I'm old, so it's good. We need that. (laughs) Well, just like (laughs) zest for life and, you know, bringing up the beautiful things, which, you know, contributes to our overall health and well-being. And, you know, there's a few things that you mentioned that something stood out to me. One, I want to chat cortisol, but two, another thing, you know, even if it is, let's say, if it is moving on the treadmill, because it, it matters where we are in the spectrum of our health. If, you know, we're somewhat healthy versus we're really unhealthy, you know what? You're going to have to sometimes do challenging things to get a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But how can we do those challenging things and enjoy it? So what I do when I want to scroll social media, I only allow myself to do it when I'm on my stationary bike. I now put my stationary bike in the living room. And when my husband and I watch a movie at the end of the night, I jump on the bike. So that it's something called habit stacking. How do we take a pre-existing habit, maybe something that's not necessarily healthy for us, maybe something that we enjoy, like watching a movie or scrolling, and how do we add it to something that we're trying to introduce? So doing something that might be pleasurable with something that you're trying to increase is going to be something that's good. But another thing you mentioned is cortisol. And I don't you know, if we can kind of dive down this for a second, but I think this is something that a lot of people don't think about. I mean, we understand stress and the impact that stress has on our body, but I don't think what a lot of people understand is when your blood sugar crashes, and that could be either due to, um, you know, you have metabolic syndrome, you are eating high carbs, refined foods or sugars without, you know, and it, it increases and then it crashes so many different things. 
But when it crashes, our bodies are so fascinating. It actually, our bodies will secrete cortisol to help raise our blood sugar levels. So if you've, if you're a listener and you've ever experienced something called hy- nighttime hypoglycemia, you wake up in the middle of the night, maybe 3 a.m., and you wake up, your heart is racing, you're sweating, it feels like you have a panic attack. A lot of times that's actually nighttime hypoglycemia because what you ate prior to bed increased your blood sugar. And by the time it hits 3 a.m., it dramatically decreased it. So your body's secreting cortisol. So you're constantly pumping cortisol out. So that that's not just nighttime, but that's throughout the day. And so making sure you modulate your blood sugar level so that we're not constantly spiking cortisol and making it feel like we're running away from a lion you know, six times a day is going to make a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing is, a lot of this can get really technical uh, when you start looking at the, you know, the science behind this and, you know, how cortisol behaves and how insulin behaves and, you know, what their purposes are inside the body. But that's why I, I love, you know, the idea you presented when we first started talking prior to hitting record that, you know, if we can just distill it down to maybe not so much technical as much as just things that we can do, such as basic movement uh, that can improve our health, then it becomes a little less overwhelming. You don't feel like you have to understand every in and out of it. And I love what you brought up about the habit stacking. I think that's, you know, brilliant. And I've, I've heard about that. I haven't ever actually, like, specifically I guess, knowingly applied it. I guess I have applied it a little bit with what I'm doing um, as far as the standing desk and some of that kind of stuff. But yes, absolutely. doesn't mean that you can't lay on the couch and snuggle your your, uh, spouse at the end of a day and watch a movie sometimes. But it does make sense that when it's, you know, when it makes sense, uh, Mm -hmm. get up on your feet and do something a little different. Uh, And maybe it is instead of, you know, sitting down on the couch after dinner to watch TV, do that 15, 20 minute walk around the neighborhood and then sit down on the couch and watch TV, get the connection in nature, the connection on the couch, you know, that kind of thing. Completely agree. And I mean, it's good for, you know, melatonin and just getting away from the screens a little bit. I mean, it's, there's going to be no negatives that come out of it, just moving your body a little bit. And again, it doesn't always have to be anything intense. Sometimes if I know I don't have time, I'm just going to do some push-ups or whatever you can do to move your muscle. If you want the laziest, laziest, and I do this, if, I, if I'm biking or if I'm, you know, have a late time, I call it a berry bowl. Um, it's just my little thing that I have at the end of the evening. And I get one of those like bands, resistant bands. I lay on the couch with my husband while we're watching a movie. I wrap it around my thighs and I just kind of like open up my legs and it's a really, really strong resistant band. So it takes a lot of muscle and I just do that. So you don't have to be sweating or need a workout playlist. Like it could just be these little things to work a muscle. Yeah, I love all that. And all of that will improve your cardiovascular health. It'll improve your uh, blood sugar it, and, and will Im- improve your, uh, your body mass uh, percentage as well. One of the things that we don't think about with, um, with blood sugar and diabetes, it's interesting because in this country, and I'll, and I'll be interested to hear your take on this, Nikki, but 
you know, we're seeing diabetes, type 2 diabetes, get younger and younger. Like, they're younger and younger people developing this. It used to be kind of an old person disease, mm-hmm. right? People in mm-hmm. their 50s, 60s, 70s. Uh, and now we talk about insulin resistance, metabolic syndrome, and people in their 20s and 30s, even teenagers in, in many cases. In fact, teenage diabetes is on an alarming uh, upward trajectory right now. Um, and what I recently, well, relatively recently, I don't know, five, six years ago, discovered a term called sarcopenia. Uh, you familiar with that one? Um, share more. Okay. So I'd never heard of it. And I honestly don't remember how I, how I stumbled onto it, but it was fascinating when I found it. When you think of the, the uh, term sarcopenia, think of osteoporosis of the muscles, basically muscular breakdown and our muscles getting weaker and us becoming a higher body fat percentage as we get older. Sarcopenia primarily is still a quote-unquote old person disease. It tends to happen mostly uh, to people over 50, and especially 60s and 70s is when it really starts to set in. But what's interesting about it is what they've determined is basically two primary things that tend to happen that they think are the primary, um, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, factors in, yeah, contributors in sarcopenia. One is less movement. As we get older, we tend to move less, not more. We become less active. We play less sports. We do less hiking. You know, like and that's of course generally not everyone. I know, I know some people. We want in convenience. We're yes. in a world of convenience. Yes. How comfortable yeah. can we make our lives? Yes, we order in more. We cook less for ourselves. Uh, in many cases, people have made it a little more financially the older that they get. And so they don't have to, you know, maybe work as hard as they once did. And then less protein intake, Uh, less protein intake, more simple carbohydrates and things like that. And what's interesting is I think that I don't know what age you are listening right now. Uh, We have all ages, you know, listening to this podcast for sure. But it is never too young to consider what's going to happen when you're old. I can tell you, from experience that being 51 isn't the same as being 31 or 21 or 41 (laughs) or 45. Uh, You know, as we get older, everything starts to shift. Hormones start to shift. It becomes a little more difficult to maintain some of these things. But these habits that Nikki's talking about and this habit stacking that you can can create literally at any age can put you into position as you age to be way better suited for, you know, what's coming around the bend and maintaining and and working those muscles, even if it's standing, even if it's walking, even if it's doing the resistance bands like you talked about, all of that stuff plays a role in proper hormone balance. It plays a role in proper blood sugar. It plays a role in preventing and reversing insulin sensitivity and, of course, diabetes. It's just, it's powerful stuff. I've seen time and time again people who took the movement part of this challenge that are dealing with blood sugar issues saying that it was a complete life-changing thing, even aside from whatever they were doing supplementally or diet-wise, the movement part is a big, big deal. My mom lives in a community. You would think it would be the other blue zone in California. Um, And there's 100-year-olds, 90, that are golfing every single day, moving their bodies every day. They're healthy. They're happy. They're playing, you know, game night till 11 p.m. every night. And she's asked them because she's on this journey of like Benjamin buttoning. She's reversing her health. She's, you know, we're teaching her pull up. She does two minute planks every day and she's doing all these different things. And so she's asking him, what do you do? Or why is, 
why are these people doing so well? And really it comes down to, they, they say, just keep moving, just keep moving. And so again, it doesn't have to be a workout, but just stand more, sit less, you know, park further in the lot, keep moving. And, um, yeah, just start with baby steps, no matter what part of the spectrum you're on, whether you're 60 years old, 40 years old, whatever that looks like, just keep moving. If you want to increase, you know, there's that lifespan versus health span. And yes. I don't want to be, you know, 90 years old with dementia and like just sitting as a vegetable. I want to be able to live till I'm older, still thriving and having, you know, I, I think thriving is relative, you know, to whatever age you are. If I can thrive in 90 years old, you know, that's that's winning for me. Yeah, 100 percent. Couldn't agree more. So let's talk a little bit about diet. I think this is part that, uh, you know, everybody at least uh, intuitively knows plays a major role in blood sugar. But uh, what can you share with us uh, that, that we know maybe matters most? What would you consider the big yeah. things that we have to consider? Yeah. And I'm not trying to throw this as an ad, but, uh, our upcoming season coming out in March for the podcast is all on blood sugar. So I do a lot of discussions talking about this exact conversation of diet and lifestyle. And there's a lot of different beliefs, but ultimately everything comes back to watching your carbohydrates. And the more I've had this conversation, especially with this, if you're on the spectrum and you're kind of behind the curve, you're, you're not doing so well, a lot of times these individuals don't really understand, we throw out carbs, but let's explain what that realistically looks like. That's your fruits. That's your starchy vegetables. Those are your grains, your pasta, your bread. Yes, fruits are carbs. And that's a whole other conversation. You know, we're not trying to create a fear, but we just need to understand that what carbs are and being aware of what we're consuming. And I think a big takeaway, and I don't know, maybe there's so much information you might have to kind of help me focus in is one, understanding what kind of carbs we're eating, trying to have the most natural, you know, did, would our ancestors recognize this food? You know, um, would they look at it and say, oh, okay, I know what that is. Focus on consuming those types of carbs. If it's crackers and cookies and all that kind of stuff, chances are they're not going to recognize that. Um, but you know, if it's pastas and bread, different flours, fruits, starchy vegetables, like root vegetables, carrots, you know, those are going to be the better choices. And also, and this is for a bigger conversation, but making sure you don't have your carbs by itself. What I mean by that is if you're going to have an apple, balance it out with a little bit of almond butter. If you're going to have some crackers, have some cheese with it. And we can get into the science if you want, but to keep it simple, it's going to help modulate or lower your blood sugar levels when you're not just having a banana by itself. I was, it's funny, I was on a call with a colleague this morning and I was like, you need to get some food in your system. You know, I can see some things getting ready to happen. She grabbed a banana. I said, okay, before we end the call, go grab a spoonful of peanut butter. And she did while we're on the call. And that's going to make sure that our blood sugar doesn't rise and then crash. It's going to help mm -hmm. make sure it's stable. So focusing on your carbs, I think when you have your plate, whether that's a snack plate or a meal plate, try to aim, try to aim. I get not everybody's on the spectrum and likes to eat salad for breakfast, you know, have half of your plate vegetables. A quarter of your plate is going to be your starches, so your potato or your rice or your pasta if you choose to. 
And then a portion, the quarter of the plate is going to be your protein. And then I like to, you know, top it off with healthy fats of whatnot, but really aim for those non-starchy vegetables. Um, but just, I think becoming aware of your carb intake is going to be monumental. Um, and again, not having carbs by itself. Yeah. I don't know if that was too overwhelming. But. No, I think that's actually pretty simple and, and makes a lot of sense. And the thing is, you know, there's all these debates about the the optimal diet, right? There's everything from keto to carnivore to vegan to Mediterranean and all these different things. And, and frankly, I get different people on this show that say different things about, you know, the different uh, diets that are out there. I have up to this point refusing to take refused to take a stand on a very specific diet that I think works for everybody. Um, I don't know that that exists. I think one of the biggest things that we tend to forget, it kind of goes back to the exercise com- conversation. You know, you can exercise a bunch of different ways. You can pay for a gym membership. You can hire a personal trainer. Um, that's, you know, within the realm of possibilities you can do. If you want, it's uh, maybe the exact right thing for you and maybe the absolute wrong thing for me or for somebody else. Uh, We all do things a little bit differently and we all respond differently. I think that's really the same way with diet. We can make diet overwhelming by trying to figure out, okay, well, what freaking diet should I do, right? I mean, am I going to do this one or that one? Because this guy's really compelling when he talks about this. And that lady's really, really interesting when she talks about that. And I don't know which one. So- what I tell people when they ask me is I say, first, I don't believe that there's necessarily an absolute diet for everybody. Um, I do believe we're all a little bit different. Uh, well, a lot different. And what ultimately you've got to do is find what works for you. But I love what you said about just simplifying it and saying, okay, if it if it comes out of a box, in many cases, it's probably not going to be the most health-promoting meal. Uh, if it's something that, yeah, 100 years ago wasn't even available for us to eat, there's a decent chance it's probably not the most health-promoting meal. Uh, there are some good, organic, healthy food options that you know are prepackaged, sure. But more often than not, they're highly processed and simply not good for you. And then there's also this thing like, maybe we should just listen to our intuition sometimes, Nikki. Like when we look at it and we say, well, and when I'm looking at what's at the restaurant, I can kind of gauge just by what it is, if it's good or bad in terms of for my health. Um, There are some confusing things out there. We've been taught for years that saturated fat is going to kill us and that, you know, um, margarine is healthier than butter and ridiculous fallacies like that. And many of us have had to unlearn some, (laughs) some of that stuff. But more often than not, what you said, veggies, uh, some, you know, healthier starch options, uh, and some good protein. It's actually pretty simple. I've been doing this little detox thing for the last few weeks uh, with Jen, and it's been really dialed in uh, type of uh, program uh, called the Functional Medicine Detox that we've been doing. And what we both realized within just a few days is that, wow, we're eating a lot more veggies than we naturally mm-hmm. normally eat. And we really like it. It's like, hey, we kind of miss these things. Bring them back in, right? And we weren't non-veggie eaters, but not nearly the point we are now. And we're loving how we how we feel on it. And we're loving uh, playing around with different recipes and finding fun stuff that we really enjoy. I love that. You, you know, because obviously meat and fatty foods have so much flavor, but how do we... How can we make it creative where we can make these veggie dishes that taste delicious, but 
you know what that made me think? So I've done all the diets, you know, I was vegan for three years. I was raw vegan. I was keto. I was paleo. I was doing all these things. I will say, so my daughter is now almost 10 months. I am the healthiest, the fittest, the leanest I've been even prior to pregnancy. And, you know, usually this is when you know, chaos is, you know, hormones are all over the place and you're exhausted and you're stressed. I have more energy. I have less medical conditions and I'm with you. I don't think there's a one size fits all. However, I think we need to be in tune. Have you ever heard of anybody saying I eat too many vegetables? There's not really controversy (laughs) over vegetables. There's controversy over fat, of protein, of amount of protein, you know, portion of proteins, obviously carbs, but I've never heard controversy over non-starchy vegetables. So that's an indicator to me, the more non-starchy vegetables I can get in, the better it is. I would say that that's a fair assessment for most people. If you can fill your plate with non-starchy vegetables to start out with that, fill yourself up with that and then add the other components. But one thing I think about, and you know, it was kind of fun to play this in, our, the company I work for is Life Seasons. There are so many different seasons in our lives. When I was pregnant, when I was, you know, postpartum, well before when I was going through stress, the diet and lifestyle I need to implement during these different seasons. Maybe there's a season of trauma, um, of grieving, of all these different things. That diet lifestyle is going to look significantly different. So when I was, I mean, whatever, we'll just get real. I was in an abusive relationship, not my husband. Um, I was in uh, finishing up my degree. I was working two jobs. One started at 3 a.m., and I was eating keto and intermittent fasting. My season that I was in right then was depleted, exhausted, stressed, trauma, always in fear. Keto and intermittent fasting was only making that worse. So we're not saying that keto and intermittent fasting is the not the right diet for me. It just wasn't in that season. There is, an, a, there is a time and a place for different you know, f- foods and depending on what season you're in. Right then, I needed not high-intensity workouts. I needed walks and low stimulation and probably carbs. When I, you know, was just had my my girl, you know, having slower things, there's a different season. And so maybe we don't have to put this label on us that, you know, we're keto, we're this, we're this. It's what season are you currently in? Do you you feel good? Do you have energy after the foods that you eat? Using that as your assessment of, is this right for me? Because I think, and I will claim this because I'm a zero to hero. I've always loved labels. You know, I'm vegan and it, it helped, I think, with my OCD, put myself into a box because that helped give me success. But I think when we can take away these labels and just say, I wanna feed myself what gives me energy, what nourishes me. If you notice your skin is glowing more, if you have more energy, if your mood is level, that's the right food for the season you're in. And so I think becoming aware, filling up your plate with non-starchy vegetables and kind of, if, if you're not in, you know, this time and space or you're vegan or vegetarian, are you making sure you're getting the nutrients and the ingredients you need to, you know, cause I was vegan for the first while and 
was I just having beans and tofu and not making sure my levels, you know, I'm no longer vegan for a reason. So being conscious and being aware, but I think ultimately, how is this food leaving you? Because you can eat, my mom, Selak, you can eat a really crappy gluten-free diet. You can eat a really crappy vegan diet. So what plates, meals, snacks are going to leave you feeling nourished, joyful, energized? I think look at your season of life and eat according to that. Yeah, I like all that very much. So in the time that we have left now, for people that are struggling with blood sugar, um, that uh, are concerned about you know what, what else they can do besides these lifestyle things, and, and I know that Nikki and I would both say that the lifestyle things are absolutely top priority over a supplement in this case. Um, but there is a supplement, and, and there's some very specific ingredients that have shown to be really, really beneficial at blood sugar balancing, at helping with some of this insulin uh, sensitivity stuff. You at Life Seasons have a product called Glucose Stability uh, that has many of these really great key ingredients in it. And I'll tell you something I haven't told you before, Nikki. So we had a product uh, for years at Vitality called Glucose Factors. It's one of our best-selling products by a company that actually went out of business during the pandemic years. Um, They ran into a, a some issues financially and couldn't couldn't keep their doors open. And we had a lot of people that were pretty bummed out because they were getting really great results with this product. And uh, at that point, because I had that product and I'd had such good success with it, I hadn't actually looked into the glucose stability yet. And I was um, placing an order with Life Seasons and I saw it on the list and I thought, yeah, I need to look that up. So I looked it up on your website to check it out. And I was really, really impressed with the formula. It made all kinds of sense to me and thought, okay, this is a, you know, probably a pretty suitable replacement, but the proof is in the pudding. Uh, You know, whatever the bottle looks like, whatever's inside, uh, you know, might be the formula that is going to work for an individual, but the individual is the one that gets to decide uh, if it works. And our feedback on it has been really, really strong. Uh, It's now, uh, you know, uh, taken over that spot as our number one blood sugar uh, product at Vitality. And I do want to share it with people because I think it has a lot of merit. So let's talk a little bit about glucose stability, uh, maybe a few of the key ingredients that you think uh, people need to understand. Absolutely. So this is, if you're watching, this is the the look of the bottle and it is a phenomenal formula, one of our best sellers. We actually have clinical research on it. I don't know if you know this. We did a clinical study um, in Granada um, through a group of individuals and tracked their blood sugar and it had such successful um, results and the community, even after the study, they're like, please continue supporting us because of how well it modulated and leveled out their blood sugar levels. So again, we've had this conversation, you know, food lifestyle, but if we either are implementing that stuff, what else can we be doing in this formula formulation? Again, with Life Seasons Fashion, we are using the main ingredients at therapeutic doses, meaning those high potencies. So one of our, you know, top ingredients is chromium. And if you notice chromium in formulations, it's usually around 200 micrograms. It's not a significant amount. Yes, you can do chromium at a high level isolated, but we really want that full spectrum, that that formulation. We do 800 micrograms in this formula. So think about that as if, um, so we never really, I mean, maybe your listeners do know, insulin is going to go in the, the blood open up our cells, grab the extra sugar and put it inside. Think of it as like your, um, 
if you're at a grocery store and your bagger, they're going to help open up the bag, grab the groceries, move it inside so it can get on its way. But if there's so much food on that conveyor belt and there's no extra bagger, that food starts piling up, piling up and, you know, the egg carton falls and glass breaks and it's a little bit of chaos and the line starts building up and creating chaos. But if we can bring in more baggers or chromium or insulin, that's going to help facilitate the movement of these groceries or sugar and move it along its way. And so chromium is really helpful if we're either not producing enough insulin or we're consuming way too much glucose that the amount of insulin cannot, you know, work or move all that blood sugar. So the chromium in there is fantastic. Gymnema is a really cool ingredient. Um, if you're listening, it's called a sugar destroyer. So literally can kill cravings. If you actually open up this capsule, put it on your tongue and have something sweet, it'll actually taste bitter. So if you think about that topically, what it's doing, imagine internally how that starts affecting your taste buds. Um, we have cinnamon in here. So that's going to help kind of reduce the way, um, the blood sugar, it's going to help facilitate the movement of sugar into the cells. Alpha lipoic acid, um, bitter melon, holy basil. I love also that we have two ingredients in here that really showcase how holistic our formula looks. And what I mean by that is it looks big picture at the body. So we have bilberry in there. Jared, any idea why bilberry is in this formula? Putting uh, you on to, the spot. To protect the eyes because that's one of the big issues with diabetes. Absolutely. So we're looking big picture, not just this kind of like allopathic approach of like, okay, there's one issue. Let's address that. There's such a strong correlation between blood sugar imbalance and vision impairment. Chances are those who are listening, if you are either, you know, have vision issues, chances are you could have a blood sugar. It doesn't mean that those always link, but there is a correlation. We also put butcher's broom in here. Any idea why butcher's broom is in here, Jared? Well, you got butcher's broom and go to cola, but two of the greatest herbs for uh, moving blood through the body, uh, increasing exactly. circulation, which of course is another major factor in diabetes. Yep. Diabetic neuropathy. So let's improve yep. that circulation and blood flow. And so you're getting all the main ingredients at those high potencies, but then we're also going to make sure we address all these other components. So obviously talk to your healthcare provider, but it has changed lives and made such a profound impact. Three capsules a day. Um, I know some individuals will do one capsule with their meal. Um, I encourage, um, you know, if you have a higher carb rich meal, you can, um, focus taking the capsules. Then we also do have berberine that came out. So berberine, we have a thousand milligrams. That's also really well known for blood sugar. Um, so we have that formula as well, but yeah. Yeah. And we'll link to my berberine episode because berberine is a powerhouse in this area too. And, and berberine, uh, combined with the glucose stability, if you're really struggling with blood sugar, I think makes a lot of sense. I uh, routinely recommend higher doses of chromium than what is typical, that 200 microgram. I actually typically, that was actually the first thing that caught my eye about your formulas, that it actually had a significant amount of chromium in it um, because chromium is plays a huge role in blood sugar balance. It also has the vanadium, which, you know, works kind of hand in hand with chromium there. Uh, it's, it's just a really, really well thought out formula. And I think it, it's a good, uh, you could almost call it like a, you know, a multi for uh, glucose uh, balance because berberine's great, 
Chromium's great. Alpha lipoic acid's great. Cinnamon's great. All of these things have potential, but with this formula, you wrap a bunch of those things into one spot, uh, minus the berberine, of course. And and what I'm in recommending to people is that they try, um, you know, either berberine on its own for a while, see what that does for them for a month or so, then throw glucose stability in the mix or vice versa and see if the combination is more effective than one or the other um, on their own. And uh, we've had really good success doing that uh, in diff- with different people having different results. Some people finding they're good with just the one, others that need the two. And um, it's, you know, they're very safe formulas. Uh, if you are on, uh, you know, blood, blood sugar medication, it's always wise to check with your uh, physician or your, or your uh, pharmacist and, you know, talk about combining these things. But uh, yeah, big, big fan of the formula. I think it might, makes a lot of sense. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a game changer for individuals. Um, you know, especially if it, I, I think supplements are the easiest thing you can implement that can make the biggest difference because diet and lifestyle changes, I wouldn't say necessarily are easy. They're simple to what you need to do is simple, but it doesn't mean it's easy. Popping a pill. And when I mean pill, I'm talking about supplement (laughs) is an easy thing to do. And it can have such a profound impact if you have the right one. And so maybe this is the first step for these individuals. You start feeling that difference. You start becoming more alive. You know, weight might be coming off. You're able to do the other things a little bit easier. But I also think, you know, sometimes we got to press into what we were talking about before is people seek comfort and, you know, ease. And that's not generally going to help us be healthier, you know? So kind of embrace a little bit of that difficult, a little bit of that challenge. You might start seeing the needle move towards a healthier you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, you brought up a really, really valid point. And one of the, um, one of the podcasts I listened to recently had Gary Brecka as a, as a, a guest, and he said something that I thought was really, really simple and really, really profound, um, and where he talked about um, the relentless pursuit of comfort uh, being what essentially makes us sick. I can't remember the exact quote now, um, but it, I think that is so true. We do need to get ourselves out of that comfort zone a little bit, uh, get ourselves up on our feet a little bit more, uh, get ourselves more cognizant, even if that is the one baby step you're willing to make right now is to become more cognizant of what you're eating. Just looking at what's on the plate, whether you made it for yourself or somebody else made it for you and recognizing what's there. Um, I tell people that I am the last guy that wants to keep a food journal, like the last guy that wants to keep a food journal. It seems monotonous and frustrating. I've done it. I haven't enjoyed it. I've got my fitness pal on my phone and I never use it anymore. But I did, I I recommend this to everybody. I think it's a really, really easy hack. And it's one of the things you can use tech for to really help you. And that is use that phone, whether it's my fitness pal or any number of, you know, diet tracking apps that you can download 
and just track what you normally eat. Don't make any changes. Just track what you normally eat for like three or four days or a week if you're willing to do it for a week and look back at it and figure out, you know, am I eating a ridiculous amount of calories for my, you know, body size? Um, Am I eating, you know, what percentage of carbohydrates versus proteins versus fats? Some of these things. And how much, because this is really important too, how much am I actually eating really processed foods? And what a lot of people find is they're actually eating less well than they actually thought they were. Because a lot of our eating in this country, I think, is mindless instead of mindful. And it's so easy to do. I'm hungry. I'll eat what's there. I'll eat what's convenient. I'll eat what's fast. And in my view, that's a fast track to ill health. Uh, And so just becoming cognizant of that becoming cognizant of how much movement you do. Like I said, I'm tracking it in my little bullet journal. There's a bunch of different ways you can do it. I mean, as simple as just checking a box at the end of the day, did I or did I not do something that required extra extra, you know, energy expenditure, we'll say, whether it's shoveling the walk or going on the short walk around the block or actually doing something that I would more generally consider exercise. Just becoming aware makes a big, big difference, and little tiny steps yield great results if you keep taking them. And so whatever we're saying, I hope there's no overwhelm feeling, more of a hopefulness of, hey, I can actually do this. I can balance my own blood sugar, and it's actually maybe not as hard as I thought it was. Uh, You know, if I can piggyback what you said, because I think – the best habits or things, whether it's tracking our food that we can implement is something that we can sustain. You know, if people are like, okay, well, I need to take these supplements. Is that, you know, realistic for you to take this many at this time? Do you see yourself doing that for a long period of time? So I think about, you know, when I hear, and I might just throw this out to you as a challenge for those individuals who want to start tracking their food, how can we simplify this so much that there's no way we can say no? And so one thing I think about, okay, Well, I can take a picture of my meal and what I can track is how I feel, what time I'm eating, how I feel prior to eating it, and then how I feel prior after. Mm. And just taking a photo, because sometimes it's like logging and I've done those too. Logging that stuff is just like, oh, I don't want to do that. But the photo helps one, it's very simple to do, but it it adds into that awareness. And then we can see, oh, when I'm going, when I'm about to log, you know, how I feel, I just ate an hour ago. You know, when we look back, why am I eating again? Am I hungry? (laughs) That could be because we just had carbs. And of course you're hungry after because you didn't have anything else to stabilize it. Mm -hmm. Am I bored? And so maybe it's even the bullet journal with your food and just taking a photo. But I guess coming back to how can we simplify this so much that there's no way we can say no? You know, and if if we're still saying no, then, then there's a deeper rooted issue and the why clearly isn't strong enough. I'm not necessarily saying for you, for anybody right. of whatever you're working on. And, you know, that's that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, like I said, you know, it's not, not easy. It, it's simple. It doesn't mean it's easy. But kind of, right. you know, one thing that I try to do is get comfortable in the uncomfortable. And I've noticed just profound changes in my overall health, happiness, well, wellness. 
Yep, I love it. And of course, we have bump up against the uh, bumped up against the time that we have allotted for this show. So I am going to have to wrap it up. Nikki, as always, you've been uh, really enjoyable to listen to you. You present this information, I think, in a really um, sincere and easy to understand way. And I appreciate that. I know my listeners do as well. Thank you for joining me again on Vitality Radio. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And for everybody listening, if you have questions about what you've heard here, uh, there's a few ways to follow up with us. You can call us at 801-292-6662. You can jump on vitalitynutrition.com and uh, you can uh, search around in there for anything you want, as well as open up a chat and ask questions if you'd like to. And then also I'll remind you that uh, Nikki's podcast is called For... Life. Life. (laughs) I had to find it in my notes. (laughs) I'm used to the old name. Uh, For Life Podcast. Uh, We'll link to it here in the show description. Um, and, uh, you, you've, you may have heard me talk on her show before, uh, about cholesterol. Uh, the next one, we're going to talk about Ozempic and a few other things like that, uh, having to do with the blood sugar episodes that she's producing soon. And, um, it's a, a great podcast. I highly recommend you check that one out as well. And that's all I've got for you today. Thank you so much for listening to me. My name is Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair. our awesome music is by brian bob young support vitality radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on apple podcasts youtube or your favorite podcast source Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you.